Hello, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast brought to you by MSW Nutrition here in Austin, Texas. My name is Allison here with you and your co-hosts for this show are Jonathan Mendoza at Nurse Doza on Instagram, as well as Baldo Garza at Tex-Mex Yogi on Instagram. We have a really cool guest today that we met at Athletic Outcomes, which is actually one of our sponsors. So before we introduce you to our guest... This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. Today's How Do You Health podcast guest is Amanda Kuda. She is a mindset coach based in Austin, Texas. We get into some really interesting things with the boys and her today, so I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but if you're trying to figure out how mindset coaching even works, I know that's something that still kind of confuses me, (laughs) then uh, you really want to listen to this episode. So check it out, Amanda Kuda on the How Do You Health podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is Friday morning, our favorite time slot. I think it's been coming. Yeah. Uh, And uh, today we're going to be speaking to Amanda Kuda. She's a mindset coach here in uh, Austin, Texas. We met her at Athletic Outcomes, one of our f- Athletic Outcomes, by by the way, is a very special place to us because they they were the first ones to give us like a chance to like be part of the community, right? Like that was mm-hmm. like, yeah, come on over, mm-hmm. uh, Brittany and uh, um, Pat. Brittany and Pat just welcomed us, and they're like, whatever you guys need, just come on over. And we've met so many great people, including yourself. Yeah. Uh, so so we have a great common connection. We just spoke a little bit about them as well, too. And then we have Nurse Doza. We're going to talk some health. we got an IV going for Amanda here, and we'll talk about what's in there. Got some drinks and my coffee, and I'm Tex Mexioki, and let's get uh, the party started. 
Yeah, for a plug for athletic outcomes here in Austin, um, they're probably one of the best gyms. I mean, easily hands the best. The, yeah, I can say I, that they're the best. Yes, and they're they're great. Every workout there is incredible. I've seen. I mean, how many days were you going? You go almost every day, right? So when I met y'all, I was just, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I had just made the decision for my health to quit drinking. And so I was going pretty, yeah, literally almost six or seven days a week because I felt so great and I had nothing else to do because I just like cleared this big block out of my social schedule. So I was going all the time and their classes are just so thoughtful and, but yet challenging. And I just feel it's a very like safe and functional place to get fit and also really friendly and warm. I mean, they're Pat and Brittany and all of the team there are amazing. And then you get to bring other people in the community (laughs) like y'all. Yeah. It's a community. It really is. It's a health and wellness community in Austin. And it's interesting because the health and wellness community in Austin, like extends into so many dynamics. Cause I mean, I remember like, cause we would go every, almost every week. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we would see all of y'all all the time. And um, you'd see the similar people. We didn't know what y'all did. Mm-hmm. Like, we never knew jobs. Y'all just came yeah. there as a collective. And some of y'all probably didn't even know either. You just saw the same people, 8 a.m. class, yeah. the same people. And then eventually, um, you're like, you work for Favor. You work for Kirby Lane. You work for, like, Whole Foods. You, I mean, it's like all these businesses. And yet, the mindset is like, well, we're all in this together to kind of, like, raise each other up to make ourselves healthy, right? So, you kind of talked about, like, the quit drinking. So, mm-hmm. like, how long has that been? That has been since January 2017, so like three and a half years. Congratulations. Yeah, thank That's you. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it feels good. Yeah, life's better. Yeah, so much better. Yeah. It's it's the most important decision I've ever made for myself. And, you know, I we, like, we've talked about this before, but for me, it was a decision of I don't have a problem yet. I'm going to choose to make this decision because there's something deep in my soul that says this is what you need to do if you want to be spiritually fit, mentally fit, physically fit. Like this one thing is the single factor that's holding you back from being able to achieve all of that. And sure enough, as your inner guy does, super right, like completely right. I have never felt like more grounded and strong in every aspect of my life than from removing that one activity and toxin, I guess, from my weekly behavior. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so good. I, I can attest that I stopped drinking about nine years. My date was um, May 25th, 2011. And it's been interesting because every year I've learned something new about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of this journey about really looking at who you are mm-hmm. and what really makes you up and how you function, how you right. think, how you view the world. Mm-hmm. I guess more anything else, right? So as you view at the world, I see, has it changed? Like you look at people differently now. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you just, you gain, you come into yourself in a different way that wasn't possible because when you, you know, I just, I really dove in, dove, dove into (laughs) these different like kind of downloads I've been getting about drinking and what it does for you. And my most significant one, the most profound one that kind of sets people off is, you know, if you are drinking, you are subconsciously always sending your body a message that you either are either not enough or you're too much. And I like to explain that you if you are drinking a substance that we all know is bad, like all of us know alcohol is not good for you. And if you don't know that alcohol is not good for you, FYI, it, <laughs> no. it is I think literally, everyone, yeah. everyone should know that. Everyone they should, should know, they should know that. But it's literally ethanol mixed with sugar. So it can be tolerable for you to drink it. And I'm not anti-alcoholic. I don't think the people who drink are fundamentally flawed or anything like that. But I will say that it's one, it's obviously bad for you. And if you are drinking it, you're choosing to ignore the fact that it's bad for you and accept that there must be a perceived benefit that's better than the 
badness. And those perceived benefits, you might say, oh, well, it helps me relax. It helps me um, wind down. It helps me deal with anxiety. It helps me be more fun. It helps me have more fun. But when you say any of those statements, thereby you are also saying, I am not capable of relaxing, having fun, being confident on my own. I need something outside of myself to do it. So it's a completely energetic thing. You are saying, I don't believe in myself or I don't think myself of worthy enough um, to do this on my own. I need something else to bring it to me. And truly removing alcohol from my, from my lifestyle has challenged me to do all of those things on my own. I've had to go on first dates. I've had to go to parties that, you know, are in, in social events that are like not that great when you're not drinking. But it, what it made me realize is, okay, if these things can't be fun without alcohol, like ding, maybe they're just not fun at all. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my time doing those activities. And so it's given me this world of freedom to really assess like what is important and what is fun and what do I get fulfillment out of? And if I need alcohol to be fulfilled in a situation, then that should tell me the situation's actually just not fulfilling. It's interesting, right? Because you just explained alcohol almost like a crutch also also from the sense of like, if you're in a place that you don't want to be, but it's okay because I'm drinking. Mm Mm-hmm that's not then it shouldn't be okay it's not absolutely say like oh well i can't you know i can't go to that that woman's house if we if i can't drink so then just don't go to that woman's house for there's a reason you don't want to be there (laughs) don't go like let me enlighten you you don't have to do that thing yeah well in my case i i also i drink a little bit now Mm -hmm. but very rare right uh and uh but for my case it was the same thing like it wasn't really a problem i saw him going through I just complete like I'm just cutting this mm-hmm. off and I was like it's probably a good thing too so I you know at some point I just did that as well too I've gone like I did three years completely of no drinking yeah. and now I kind of added wine here and there yeah um, I always like loved the wine making mm-hmm. process uh, but um, but yeah but it was just the same the same thing it was like it would make me make some really stupid things and some of those stories are fun me <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it's never your highest self if you think back and you're like if they're... I were acting as my highest self would I have done that BS thing probably not yeah no. it's like you just make stupid stupid decisions mm-hmm. like, at least I did I know for a fact oh, we yeah. all if anyone can say that they've drank alcohol to any extent and not made a stupid decision then good for you yeah, yeah. good yeah. for you it's kind of rare that happens and it's it's weird because when me and Baldo and we've had this story told many a times before like whenever we were in college we thought we were going to work together because we we're best friends and we thought we were going to open a bar because mm-hmm. we just said hey this is a fun place you yeah. know your friends can come here um didn't work out that way because i was like i couldn't open a bar if i'm not drinking like i just i don't agree yeah, with that, that right yeah and it was interesting because like i went to a bar I used to, it was weird. Like, I stopped drinking, but then, like, you know, friends are calling, like, hey, we're going to go to, you know, this place. Like, ah, all right, fine. You know, you don't want to, like, miss out, right? So you go, and you're like, man, this sucks here. Like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And I was pissed at first because I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not drinking. Everyone else is drinking. Like, I feel like I'm missing out, you know? And after a while, I was like, no, I'm not, actually. It's, it's weird. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm in the wrong room now. Because for years, I thought, like, even that mindset. Well, the conversations. Like, the conversations. I was like, these are great conversations. You get to meet wonderful people. And it yeah. might be true, but for some people, but after a while, you hear someone and you're like, man, this, especially this at a bar, you're like, this is good. pointless. Like, I could be in bed. Right. I could be like reading a book. I could be like studying something and like expanding my mind. Right. And after that, when I got, I guess, healthier, I started learning about my health even more so. And I'm a practitioner, right? On top of that, it's more like, all right, cool. Well, 
you know, this doesn't fit into the realm of health, right? right? So if you, you, you mean, you mentioned your diet earlier, right? And you're like, okay, I'm only eating these, what, three things, yep. right? Mm-hmm. What were they, beans? I'm eating right now. I'm on a thing called the bean protocol, yeah. which I can tell you where I got it from, but it's only beans, lean protein, and vegetables. Right. And like a little bit of oil. So right. you have like fat and nuts and everything. And you've been doing this how long? Um, since the first of the month, so 26 days. So it's a very strict diet. Yep. All right. And there's discipline behind it, right? Yeah. And the idea is that it's part of a goal for you to get, I don't know, healthier, maybe like it's addressing something, right? right? And so it's like, all right, well, that doesn't, drinking doesn't fit into those plans, yep. right? Like, um, we have a well, there's never really been a diet that includes there's alcohol. No like alcohol. <laughs> like I just, it's, but, well, well, people will try to say like, I want to lose weight. I can't lose weight. And so we'll ask these things like, all right, what are your three favorite foods? And they'll be like, wine. cheese, wine, <laughs> cereal. And I'm like, all right, well, which one of those are you willing to give up right now to start losing weight or yep. cut back on? And they're like, well cheese and i'm like well like what about the wine like eh, i can't do that yet And i'm like all right fair enough but like in a month we're gonna have to have this conversation again because i don't think that's helping your cause it's it's never healthy i mean you both probably know more about the science behind alcohol than i do but like for my like armchair um physician (laughs) position i will say that my every research that i've looked at everything that i know is your body doesn't alcohol is foreign your body doesn't know how to process it so when you think like oh i've detoxed or i'm doing this or i've i'm not hung over anymore so it must be out of my body mm-mm. that stuff is sticking in your vital organs because your vital organs do not know how to get it out and when there's a confusion in there of course you're gaining weight of course you're feeling depressed of course you're not yeah. you know functioning at high capacity because your body even though it's five six seven days after your body is still trying to figure yeah. out like shit how do i get this toxic thing out of here and your body doesn't know it just yep. stays and recycles well, and then you retox the next weekend <laughs> you retox. Well, well we always talk about the liver being like incredible right because mm-hmm. i mean it could regenerate itself right. right like even if you would cut it in half yeah right alcohol is one, one of the few things that can just destroy it mm-hmm. but like come on like if yeah you can't just do that to your liver like, yeah come it can recover from pretty much anything mm-hmm. but not alcohol yeah no and I, so, well, just on a science aspect of it. So the liver, like Tylenol will destroy the liver. Yeah. And when I was in traditional medicine uh, in the pain world, uh, we would take urine samples of patients that were on opioids. Mm-hmm. And if they had alcohol in their system, we said, we're not giving you these pain pills. They mm-hmm. could not understand why. So you're going to die yeah. from alcohol and mixing opioids. Yeah. Why is that the case? Because it destroys your liver. Mm-hmm. If your liver is going to detoxify everything and you basically stuff it full of a bunch of processed sugar, a bunch of like harmful toxins, mm-hmm. it can't get rid of it fast enough. And so what I tell people from the other science aspect is that your liver is a pantry. Right. And so it's stored all your sugar and your cholesterol and your toxins throughout a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Depending on how healthy you are, if you've detoxed, I don't know, 30 days right. a year, what have you detoxed in the past 20 years? Did you detox the sugar you ate when you were 15? Did right. you detox the pizza that you yep. ate with your 20s? It stays in there. And the incredible thing, I'll leave you on the science aspect of it. So not to beat a dead horse, but there's something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is essentially a calcified liver that looks like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So if an alcoholic's liver is so bad, eventually it calcifies. It becomes mm-hmm. petrified, right? That's what a non-alcoholic fatty liver disease liver looks like. And that liver usually is that found in like a diabetic Mm -hmm. or a person that's really overweight or just someone that's really unhealthy, right? So it's incredible that if you think about it, it's like you can be an alcoholic and drink 
really bad all the time destroy liver but then if you eat really poorly Mm -hmm. on top of that like you're really hurting yourself and then you take medications it's like your lifespan just shortened yeah so i'm just like why would you include any of those things think about like all right you're a healthy individual how much medication do you take right now nothing okay and you're not drinking so that's another thing right so healthy right there so it's like all right well, why would I want to introduce something into my body mm-hmm. that could possibly cause damage and inflammation? That's yeah. how I look at it. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, like, your diet, protein, beans, uh, what was the third one? Uh, vegetables, vegetables yeah. right? So, what's the protocol for? Like, what's the reason? Okay. So, the protocol is, so, after you quit drinking, you, I, I've always had a sweet tooth. So, let me tell you some, like, let me give you some deep confessions about my dietary habits. I grew up in the Midwest. So, like, meat and potatoes, girl. Clean your plate. Um, always like a lot of comfort food, like pancakes for breakfast was like a special and, um, then like a big sugar fiend. And when you take alcohol out of your body, because alcohol has been producing a constant stream of sugar Mm -hmm. into your body, um, that is stored. And then that's why you get cravings for alcohol because you actually want the sugar. You don't want the ethanol. You want the sugar. It's still a sugar problem. It's sugar. But so when you've, you've removed alcohol from your body, everyone experiences, I will I would say 90% of people experience like the sugar craving. Mm-hmm. And I always tell anyone who's quitting alcohol, like that's the least of your evils. So like eat the damn scone, like yep. eat like whatever to like keep your body going out of that process. It's but like you'll, you'll make a jump later on. on yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. The thing is though, I was eating the scone still after three years and <laughs> I'm just like, but it's not as bad as drinking, you yeah. know? So I, I knew that I needed to get off sugar because it was just, even though I had switched to mostly natural sugar. So I was doing, you know, coconut um, sugar or whatever. I still knew like this has to go. And about six months ago, I listened to this podcast um, called Expanded with Lacey Phillips. And she had this gal named Karen Hurd on it. And Karen told the story of this bean protocol that she had created. And she created it specifically because, and I won't like give you the whole thing. Like you should go listen to it because it's fascinating. But it's, it's the first diet I've ever heard that like felt really right. And, and it's not even a diet, it's a protocol. It's a way of living that like scientifically is gonna flush things from your body. So the reason she created it is because she had a toddler in her home, they had sprayed the home with pesticides and all of a sudden her toddler was on her deathbed. She had like welts everywhere, she couldn't breathe. Like they took her to the ER and the the doctor was basically like, hey, so your kid's gonna die, Um, can we donate her body to science? And as a mother, of course, you're like, um, no, can you try and save my kid? By the way, I'm pretty sure she has pesticide poisoning. Like, this is what happened. And the doctors were like, no, that's crap. Um, and so she kind of got ticked off as a mom would do. And Mama Bear went to the science lab and started reading all of these books. And she realized that, okay, well, how do we get something you've ingested that's toxic in your body flushed out? And that is by taking every other thing out of your diet and using a fat-soluble fiber, beans, that will bind to your liver bile and literally flush it through your system. So she started feeding her kids, her baby, beans, and within a couple of days, it was like she was back to normal. The baby that they had said they had asked her to donate the body to science, all of a sudden, she's back to normal. And so I'm like, there's something to this. And from that, Karen developed all of these other protocols for other things that are seemingly incurable. So um, different immunodeficiencies, um, um, hormonal disorders. Um, The one that I'm on is technically just like a generalized weight loss one, but still with the same concept of the beans bind to the fatty, you know, anything fatty and bind to your bile. And then hopefully you just flush it out. And I feel really good. I'm not on caffeine. I'm not on sugar. And those have been two kind of staples in my, those have been my like, oh, these are my other gimmies. If I can't, if I'm not drinking, like what are, what are the things I must have? And it's sugar and coffee. And now I'm like, okay, I don't have those things. Will I go back? I don't know. But 
I think that after you get enough distance from something that's inevitably been making you feel bad, even though it's socially acceptable and it's, you know, there's the whole like live a little mentality or everything in moderation. But I think you can take that to the extreme and, and I'm just, I'm in a place where I want to be really healthy. And that doesn't mean I want to like go on some robotic, crazy diet, but if I can get myself to a level set and then from there make a decision like what feels good and what seems good to me then that just makes more sense rather yep. and, and I don't feel tortured I feel like it's a really easy and healthy diet I'm not like it's very simple so I'm not having to like oh but I'm I'm not a good have you guys ever heard the concept of moderators and abstainers yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I am definitely an abstainer if you put a tray of cookies in front of me and you're like you can either have one or you can have none I'd be like, I need none because if you give me one, it's a gateway and I'm like more cookie, more cookie. And so that's the way I am with many things. So I'm like, it's better just to take it out of my diet as with alcohol and do without it and try to like have the mental anguish of moderation. So this isn't a diet where it's like, well, you can have a cookie on Friday because forget that you give me the one cookie on Friday, I'm eating the whole tray. So I've just felt really good and vibrant. And I mean, the first two weeks, let me be honest, were very difficult as any like detoxing off caffeine and sugar is but now i'm feeling really good (laughs) yeah yeah is your view on food different like does your your view like looking at food like food on a plate like what do you think about when you see like pancakes now yeah i'm it's like it's kind of like how i feel about soda i haven't had soda in a long time and when i think of soda i just think of like thick syrup going down my throat and i look at pancakes and i'm like those look nice but I am slowly retraining my taste buds to where I'm not like salivating for it, which as before I would have been like, must have the pancake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that the thing is that you, the thing that we, we don't realize is that your body is, your body and mind are completely, um, you know, retrainable. You're, you you have neuroplasticity. You can retrain your mind as to what you want to do. And you can also retrain your taste buds and yeah, sugar still tastes good. But if you get to the point away from the point where you're not craving sugar, then you can do without it. And that seemed impossible before, but now I'm not craving it. So part of me says like, why even introduce it back into the system? I'm, I'm kind of in a sugar, uh, sort of binge. Like I don't eat it a lot, but I've been eating it like more often, especially the past two weeks. Mm But but I usually don't like I'll try to do keto, but most of the time I'll just I just don't like I'll do like no sugars, no added sugars, and no grains for long periods of time. And the the moments after that, if I decide to touch something, it's just like it's it's I don't want to say disgusting, but it's too sweet. Yeah, it's like whoa, this is overload. Yeah, for yeah, sure. and you're just like whoa, that was enough. And yeah, like right now I'm kind of like whatever, but. Um, it's so whatever. It's about to be my birthday next year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> next you gotta have a birthday cake. I totally <laughs> uh, agree um, with that. But the caffeine one, I still is one that I have that I'm not convinced I I need to try to give up. So I so <laughs> in the training that I did to understand why I'm not eating all of these things, it I I can't recount it for you, but basically caffeine blocks whatever it is that makes the beans bind to the fat and the bile sure so that and i have been drinking decaf like i've met a couple people for coffee and so what do you, you have to have decaf but you're not supposed to technically so i'm not like super yeah. being strict but i'm trying my best so uh-huh. i talk a lot about autophagy and fasting uh-huh. right in my in my instagram and all that and caffeine actually helps you get into a deeper mm-hmm. state of autophagy yeah for and sure. so for me it's always like it's a tool if anything i have drank less coffee like yeah. you know sometimes i'll even won't even finish my full cup but um but yeah it's one that i i just it's like my wine coffee yeah. is my wine is what i always say because yeah. i'm always like looking for like what, what well there's the- an art to it right yeah. and i think that's what gets confusing about things like wine or different food is because we've we've kind of 
sullied the reputation of things because food was meant to be enjoyed and it was meant to be a cultural thing. And I think had we never maybe gone past, okay, overindulgence, then maybe coffee, wine, sugar, all of those things maybe wouldn't be so problematic. But now we have the mentality that's just really frustrating of everything in moderation. And yeah, I get it, but also kind of tough love. Like some things aren't good for you. Alcohol is not good for you. Sugar is not good for you. And it's a slippery slope. Oh, this is where I was getting to earlier between moderation and abstaining. Like everything in moderation is fine, but a lot of people aren't meant, they aren't built mentally to moderate. And that makes it, it, it gives them a false, um, kind of standard to live up to because for me if I've been told like well you should be able to moderate everything in moderation and then I suck at it like what a defeated person I felt like that I couldn't control my relationship with alcohol I couldn't control my relationship with sugar I just like I was one and I wanted more and it just sets everyone up for failure to think that you're like you can somehow moderate if that's not your personality type Hello there, Vitamizers. I hope you're enjoying the show. Wanted to drop in really quickly and share what our July sales special is. For this month only, when you're listening to the podcast in July 2020, you can get 20% off any subscription for the life of the subscription when you choose an item to subscribe to on the MSW Nutrition website. That means if you go to our website and choose whatever products you would like to get on a recurring basis without having to come to the store and reorder it month to month, we just auto ship it to you every single month or whatever it is that works best for you. You choose your timeline. You get 20% off each of those purchases for the lifetime that you keep that subscription active when you start it this month. So if you've been eyeing one of those products or you've been using one for a while and you want to get a great discount on it for the life of your subscription, go ahead and go to MSW Nutrition's store right now. That link is in our podcast description and subscribe to whatever products you would like and we'll honor this discount discount code for the life that you keep that subscription active. Thank you so much for listening to the How Do You Health podcast. And here we are back to the show. And I just, it's icky for me. Plus, it's also like an excuse. I hear that a lot from just friends and even family. Oh, it's like, oh, I just think that everything in moderation is fine. It's like, yeah, but like, that's not moderating right there. <laughs> like, yeah, you just gorge, like, you yes, know, like just... five donuts. And, like, yes. <laughs> and just because it was only Coke. one day. Yeah. No, for sure. And I... There's such a double standard in the health industry I'd love to talk about of, you know, I just really cannot get behind right now. It's so disheartening to see all of the, and not to be like on the alcohol pedestal, but I think it's one of the things that most conflicts with health that we've made so socially acceptable that now there's yoga and wine, there's running beer, there's all of these these fitness alcohol or fitness alcohol activities or (laughs) fitness influencers that are, are doing events that are steeped with alcohol in the background and I just, it makes no sense. It's like was, hashtag balance, right? Yeah, like, no. it's not balance. That's, <laughs> that's literally, it's the furthest thing. It's like complete opposites. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I'd love to know your all's thoughts because you're both like healthy individuals as well. Like, I just can't, it's, it just really is upsetting to me that so many people are preaching like, oh, well, you can drink, but then let me do this liver detox the next day because to combat all of the bad things that yeah. I just did. It's really just like, or you could not drink. So we... When I pitched this idea for the vitamin bar, like the idea of sitting here getting an IV to make yourself like healthier, yeah, 
I pitched it to him because I was like, I think you're understanding where I'm coming from. Like, you know, right. obviously you're on a health journey. I'm on a health journey. What if we got people really healthy by just doing it with vitamins mm-hmm. and we make it fun, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. So like, what if it was like a bar that was a lounge just for healthy people? Right. Like, what would that look like? You couldn't just go to a juice bar and hang out a smoothie bar all day. You couldn't hang out at the gym all day. I mean, yeah, you'd love to stay at athletic outcomes, but you're in and out, right? Yeah, I mean, that's sure. really comes down. Right, exactly. So I was like, well, where could you sit? and hang out with people and collectively interact. And so we're like, well, let's create this. So this is what we created. And interesting, we came up, we, he came up with the drink uh, one Sunday night when we were about a year into this thing. And this is what it kind of started with. And for the, the listeners right now, it's a, it's a caffeine multivitamin mocktail that we created. It's a Slenderella Boost and it, we call it Slenderita. But it has Topo Chico and lime. This one has Richard's Rainwater. Yeah, yeah. This one has Richard's Rainwater. And um, essentially, it's like a bubbly mocktail, right? And so, one of the things now that's really popular are mocktails, right? And we we have to refer to because people know what mocktails are, and it's cool. And we met a friend at a local liquor company. And every time we go and do events, because we go to the gyms, right? But then we'll go to like South by events. Right. And we'll go to like on, like ACL, you yeah. know? So people are like, can you put vodka in this? Can you put tequila? I'm like, you can do whatever you want with it. It's up to you, but you yeah. don't need that. Right. You know, if you're going to, then think of it as pre-tox. I'm like, right. oh, cool. So it helps with hangovers and stuff. Sure. But when we started this clinic, I was like, I don't want anything to do with hangovers. I don't want to be a hangover clinic. Like we can have that as an option because we yeah. understand. Right. But I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to lead with that, right? Yeah. Because that's that's a different mindset. It's a different clinic. And so there's an Ivy clinic down the road and they did their opening like pop-up announcement, grand opening at a bar, like as their announcement. Yeah. And then that was a way like, Hey, after this in the future, take this coupon, go oh. get IVs for your hangovers because it's literally down the street from downtown. Yeah. And so when people come in here, it's like, no, that's not really the vibe here. People are coming in here, they're getting these IVs because they want to address inflammation. They want to address like a health issue, gut issues, brain health and all that. And so going back to the whole alcohol thing, not to beat a dead horse again, but when our friend was like, we will donate cases of liquor because it matches perfectly with it uh, for any event you want to do. And it's a high like profile client. And, and I was like, we can't do it. Like I just, I said, I don't, I don't know how this mashes together. And we've thought about it too. And I was like, I just don't think it's going to work. Um, we have friends in the bar industry and they're like, man, like we could sell this at the bar. Like, is it okay? We put liquor. And I'm like, and I told Balder, I remember after we left Concan, I was like, We'd only do that for our friends. Right. Just to help their bar. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't, I'm not going to pitch this across the nation that we're going to start doing this in bars. Right. Because that's what we're doing here well, with right. a natural bar. And it's incongruent. Yeah. Well, if, sure. But at the same time, like, the way that I see it is I would rather them do this with alcohol, with, like, vodka, than, like, a Red Bull with vodka. Because mm-hmm. it's the same, like, upper downer kind of deal. I still don't think it's healthy. I don't recommend it. But if, right. if you had the option at the bar and you were going to you're absolute dead set i'm gonna drink alcohol then it's like well at least do it with some of this i guess you know but that's but i'm also not gonna go around bars pitching this pitching it right because it's just not not, if they came to me money almost you know it's not your it's not your brand and i still respect that about y'all because i think it's so ironic too that you like i thought about starting a bar bar and then you ended up like oh we actually have this like healthy iv bar and i mean good for you for not going to where the money is because big alcohol controls so much like big alcohol is now making making mocktails because they know that they need to get a grasp on that end of the market and here's the deal like if you like if you think that 
drinking is like a way for you to assert your independence. Um, let me also like give you a tough pill to swallow. That is actually you like bowing down to the man who has yeah. tricked you and brainwashed you your entire life to believe that you need this substance in your life. You are, you have like really just under, undergone the biggest bout of brainwashing known to yeah. man, if, if that's what you're believing. So congrats. Well, we're going to get into the mindset here, but see, yeah. that's, that's the thing that, uh, which is a good, this is a good segue. I yeah, think. for sure. Um, so we like to make things fun, right? So the idea that we were going to be doing a bar. Yeah. That never really left our brains. For me, it was just more like, well, then, if anything, this makes it more fun because how do we still do that and right. not include alcohol? Right, and get the social engagement and get the people right. excited. And and that's also kind of a mindset thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's over. It means how do I now get to have fun with this, right? right. We talked about this last night with some new, like, medical protocols and stuff like that. And for, like, an instant, there's just this, like, man, but that means that this right and i was like and i was like laughing right and now and, and i could kind of tell that you're like why are you laughing about this i was like it just means that we get to have fun and figure out a different way to do right it. it's, a, it's know? a breeding yeah. ground for innovation right yeah now, what's going on with covid it's like how can we shift our mindset and not be a victim and say okay well this is happening like it or not how can we like weave a new story out yeah of it? and then that just becomes such a fun process yeah. right because then you're just like in love with like i get to create something completely mm-hmm. from scratch it's mm-hmm. never been done before yep. and people are gonna love it yeah right and and i don't even know that they're gonna love it yet but i know that they're gonna love it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i'll tell you this from a mindset standpoint when you go off on a limb and break away from the norm it can be a very lonely place yeah right like you stop drinking friends stop calling Mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to right and so when you essentially we were talking with our friend yesterday about this too he's like he's a very traditional mindset so when we said we're going to do this completely opposite thing most people give us that same look they're like hmm what does that look like explain more why would you do that you know it's like well here's why and blah 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 and you pitch it and they're like okay i kind of get the concept like that makes sense maybe i have to just see it for myself Imagine you do that to someone that doesn't believe any of your beliefs, any right. of your standards, yeah. doesn't like come. And so how do you personally deal with that where a person says, I don't understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with it. I don't disagree with it. I just don't understand. Yeah, I think that. So my job is like and and I know that I've like gotten on my soapbox today about alcohol because and thank you for letting me do that because it's it is what has made the most tremendous impact in my life taking this thing out so I want so much for anyone who's like ever even heard like the inkling of a whisper of your life would be better without this to know that it's okay to quit drinking you don't have to have a problem for it to be a problem in your life and if you do you know what you know whatever it is not you do not have to follow the social construct like I want people to hear that because it's not a message that's said but here's the deal also I believe in dharma and I believe that everyone has a different dharma in this lifetime and some people's dharma is just to play and have fun right now and if you've never heard the little whisper of like hey you're meant for more you have something bigger to do in this life maybe you should try to cut out drinking then maybe that message isn't for you and I get it my role is not here to convince anyone or persuade anyone into not drinking my role is to if you've heard the whisper and you need someone to kind of nudge you along your way and say hey this yes it's actually a real thing you could do then that is my place my place is not to preach my place is not to convince my place is to be an example and say okay because I didn't have an example four years ago when I wanted to quit drinking there were two paths there were 
you were an alcoholic, you quit drinking. And that is fine. Like that is a path. That is a valid path, but I didn't feel that path. So that was the wrong way for me. I couldn't like get on that road or there is like, oh, you don't have a problem. So you could quit drinking. There was no one saying, Hey, you can just take control of your health, take control of your life. You won't be a social outcast. This won't be social suicide. You can do this thing. And yes, it will improve your life. And so I just really felt called and that it was my moral responsibility to share that message because I needed to hear that myself and there was no yep. one to tell me, you know, and yep. that's so, that makes it even more isolating when you feel like you'll have absolutely no community. So, you know, if someone questions my decision, if someone asks me, like, I, I really just don't understand why you're doing this. I like, I think alcohol is so fabulous Then great. I get it. It's not for you. That's not for me to say, I'm not here to like beat you with a stick and be like, no, you are bad. You're a sinner. You, you know, that's, no. that's not me. My, my presence is to be loving energy to you to understand where you're come from is understand this might not be the place for you, but also not to judge you because your path is not the same as mine. So I'm not a prohibitionist. I don't care if people drink, but I do care about the people who want to change their lifestyle and need someone to be their mentor or their, like their guiding light to get there and offer them that like expanded mindset. Yeah. If your mentor is your drinking buddy, and that's how you're getting through life. I'm like, yeah. man, I don't know what kind of mentorship that looks like because you're probably going down the wrong path. I hate to say it, right? Uh, and it's, I've seen this from my family and you know, there's a long line of that history. And it's weird because one of the things with the mindset, with just like anything in life, going back to being a, a visionary, mm-hmm. you can be a visionary and not create a product. Right. You can be a visionary within yourself and say, I have this realization that the reason why I can't lose weight is because I have a sugar issue, right? Like I can't stop the sugar. And if I stop the sugar, then that's where the weight loss is going to come in. Right. Or the idea that's like, I'm tired all the time. It's because I don't get enough sleep. So how am I going to fix my sleep? Oh, maybe it's all the caffeine I've been consuming all day. Right. I need to stop the caffeine and improve my sleep. Like yeah. for me to sit there and tell you like, when you come in here, it's like, hey, that's your problem. Yeah. It's one thing for you to go implement it, right? Mm-hmm. So the mindset has to be has to change. And so it's very interesting that we look at the people that we surround ourselves with and we're a byproduct of our environment. Yeah, so like absolutely. the five people you surround yourself with, you take in characteristics from each one of them. And what I've noticed is the tribe that we have here, especially in Austin, AO, whoever is involved, it's a health and wellness community that after a while you kind of like hey they don't drink either and mm-hmm. like they're and you kind of ask them a lot of times they're like it just doesn't fit with me right. like and it's weird because when you start talking you start vibing and you have these different conversations and those people are in different aspects of their lives they might have been closet alcoholics they might have had all these issues but you realize like you relate to me because you have these same issues mm-hmm. and it's okay because you're trying to go through the same path I am. Yeah. And so the idea is like, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to judge. The idea is like, if you need some guidance, right. these are some tools that I've learned along the way yeah. that make life tolerable or better for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Think about COVID right now and it can get to you, yeah, right? And so like oh, yeah. you imagine the mindset that you have to have, like look what you're doing right now. You started this strict diet in the middle of everything mm-hmm. on top of like, I mean, it could be stress for people, right? right. Like a diet is a stressful in time for people, yeah. but you're handling it okay. In fact, yeah. you said you're better. I'm, I will tell you that I have thrived more in quarantine than ever before, but I would not have been able to do this two and a half, three years ago because my mindset wasn't strong. I was diluting myself on a weekly basis and nothing, you know, I wasn't allowing myself to be as vibrant as I could be because I was always 
having this like depressant quality, right? I wouldn't sure. say that I was depressed, but I wasn't allowing myself to vibrate at a high, high at the highest frequency. I wasn't comfortable being alone with myself and being alone with my thoughts. And part of the process, if you choose to accept it, of going on a path of wellness and self-discovery and personal growth and self-inquiry is to get comfortable like sitting with yourself and being with your own thoughts and emotions and realizing that if you shift your mindset, you can shift your reality, you can shift your relationship. Like if I had just had a fight with one of you before I got in here, I could choose to come in and have like a shitty, hopefully you can say shit here. <laughs> I could have a shitty <laughs> mindset and not, and, and like project that out to you and you would send it right back to me. It's just like, mirrors bouncing off of one another but if I decided you know what I'm going to shift the energy here I'm going to decide to look at Jonathan and Baldo with like loving energy and see the best in them even though we just had a fight my own shift in that energy can change everything and so I really chose to sit down and get my relationships right get my spirituality right get my self-routine my self-care and love right and it's hard and I don't get it right every day there are struggle points there are points where I have to like 911 my like a life coach and say oh my god what is happening here how do I deal with this situation or you know I have a team of people just like anyone else should but so often we have shame around that or we don't feel the self-worth to invest in ourselves in either time money or energy or we tell ourselves a story that we you know we don't have time because of whatever reason and I chose to dial everything back invest the time in myself and so Now that I've been locked in my own house with myself, only myself for whatever it's been now, three months, I'm comfortable with that. Like I'm okay with her. I like her and I'm not trying to run from her, which I think that a lot of people right now are waking up to a harsh reality that like I've been running from myself for so long. There's only so much Netflix, drinking, scrolling, whatever that I can do while locked in these four walls before I go insane. And I'm so lucky that I've taken the time beforehand to get comfortable with that, that it was just like, oh, this is actually kind of nice because I like the person who I am and I don't feel like I need to escape this. Now, this there's a caveat here is like moms are the superhero right now. I don't know how if I had another person or a human being that was like running rampant in my house like a little alien, I don't know what I would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really don't. So moms, shout out to you because you are like America's, well, the world's hero right now. Like, I truly don't know how. Mm-hmm. But I've but been like super with, women. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I truly just, it baffles me how you might be locked in a home with a small human <laughs> who's like just, you know, at their wits end. But beside that, like, as an individual, this has been the healthiest time for me <laughs> because I'm good at it. Like, I got good at it before I had to before I was put to the test, you know? No. Hey, let me ask you this about how do you define mindset? So mindset is a choice. It's the way that you choose to look at the world. It's the way that you choose to approach things. And, um, you know, so many of us have accepted a mindset that others have given to us. We've accepted a, a crappy story or a crappy lie. And that has formed our mindset. We picked that up from our parents, from society, from teachers. And, your mindset though is everything is just cleaning up the way that you approach life and the way that you do things and the way that you choose to look at other people and other situations. And my mindset is everything is brought to me for a reason. Every person is fundamentally good. And anytime I get out of that mindset, anytime I start to get triggered and angry by another person, that is always a clue to me to go inside and pause and say, how did I bring this upon myself? How did I ask for this subconsciously? For this person to come and be my teacher? How did I ask for this situation to come and show me um, what's up for me right now that I need to look at? And mindset is all about shifting like 
you being at cause of the world. So because like this happened to me versus this happened for me. Sure. And yeah. Does that make sense? No, that's, I, I asked that because, well, I'll share a story too. I remember the one time being in sales before, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, you know, having a certain sales script that was, you know, I was doing great. I was, I was being very successful as one of the top in the company. And then we went to a seminar, uh, of a guy that uh, took exactly that same training manual, like the main one that everyone was using it. And uh, he just switched it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And his people that he was training were like being even more successful. Okay. So I asked him, I was like, what, a, like, like, how did you think about this? Like, yeah. why did you change this? He's like, well, somebody wrote that one and yeah. it just didn't work for me. So I yeah. wrote this one. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, that, oh, you can do that. That makes that makes so much sense. Yeah. Right? Like that just made sense all of a sudden. But I just never even thought about because it was like a mindset. Like that's the way. Yeah. And 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 I'm just gonna get better at that one. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can create your own. Yeah, absolutely. And we've mo- most of us have picked up subconscious programming from ancient places, from our parents, from you know our peers, from society, from TV even. You know, I, I know that my mindset, part of it used to be, like, I call it the Carrie Bradshaw syndrome that I, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Sex and the of City, course. but <laughs> that was a big thing when I was a teenager. And Carrie Bradshaw was so glamorous. She was this girl, this vibrant lady living in the city. She had a big job. She had a closet full of shoes. She always had a fabulous outfit. She had her girlfriends. And I took on the mindset that that's what it was like to be a fabulous, high quality woman. And I had to shift that when I realized, oh, there are other ways, like there are other ways to be cool and successful and sexy that don't include like Cosmoing your mind out every night, you know? And um, so it's, that's just an example of how you can pick up a mindset from um, a TV show, but you can also, you know, my mindset around eating was clean your plate because that's a very Midwestern mindset. So there are all of these different things that we pick up inadvertently that shape the way that we are and the way that we behave. And if you never challenge that, you're just going to go through life like a robot doing what everyone else has told you instead of pausing and realizing, oh, I actually have quite a bit of control. If I can control my mindset, I can actually have a lot of influence on the world around me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's perfect. It's taken me a long time to even be comfortable with, I guess, having a thought that goes against the norm because it's so, it goes against everything that you stand for, right? Right. Like you're told from a young age, like, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. And then one day you realize like, well, I think differently. Like, I don't see it that way. I see it this way. Yeah. And when, if you're, if you think that, I mean, she could be gay if younger and you think that, I mean, you could be wrong. I mean, there was right. a guy we met. He said, my teenage years was me getting beat up every day and told I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like. You take I, that on, though. Yeah, you, you take that on. It. And so he said, like, he went on a whole cascade of, like, how it led him down there. And now he's just getting back in order. And this is 20 years later. Right, right. And it's incredible because he's such a nice guy. And you literally want to go up to him and be like, dude, you're, like, the nicest person I've ever met. Like, why in the world, you know, would, would you still let that define who you are? And it's like, no, that's not. But yet you can't get it out of your mindset. Yeah. So imagine... Like that, you can't erase that memory. Right. But imagine you say, like, well, at least I can address it, right? right? Am I ready to? I think with most people, they don't want to face those those thoughts they have. They don't want to. They don't want to own up to it. And it's okay. Like, imagine that someone's like, I'm really depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And you're like, cool. Well, what do you do when you're depressed? Like right. Van Gogh would paint, you know, yeah. like uh, there's a bunch of like Hemingway would write, right. you know, like, what are you doing right yeah. now? Why just sit on the couch? Said, I can't do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, why not? Like that should be your most, if you think that, you know, you're escaping, you're disassociating. Yeah. What are you doing with that time to, to basically see life from a different perspective? And that's why I'm like, well, alcohol doesn't really frequent with me because when you look at life from a different perspective, it's very distorted. Mm -hmm. It's very like one sided and it's like a, a, a mirage. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, that's not a good reality I want to live in. The idea is like I want to be in a reality where it's like I what if I can control my thoughts in a way to where it benefits me in the long term. What does that look like? Yeah. Right. It's one thing to have depression, but it's another to like benefit from it. Right. And so tell us what you kind of look at when like you because you coach right yeah. so it's like when someone comes to you and they're depressed like what do you tell them you know i i think that you have to get into action when you start to feel when you feel most helpless you have to ask yourself how have i taken on a story how have i taken on this way of being and also what is it here to teach me what is it that made me depressed am i and and am i really depressed or am i just sad and not to, not to belittle depression, but right. I think we over-medicalize things and like, oh, well, I had something, someone in my family died, I'm depressed. No, like, you're probably sad. Like, you're grieving. You experience deep grief and yeah. sadness. And so often we try to anesthetize that with, um, you know, antidepressants or alcohol or food or scrolling or Netflix. And it the question is, okay, people die, things change in your life, crummy things happen, but you can choose to learn from it or you can choose to be a victim of it. And yeah, I like the case of a death of a loved one that is really hard, but you can't bring them back by being sad and wallowing in your own, you know, ick. So would they want you to do that? Probably not. They would want you to like pull yourself up and that doesn't mean to act like everything's okay, but get your body moving, go for a walk, do something to have some sort of physical movement, go to therapy, do something to where you are getting that emotion out of your body. Don't like bury it and try and cover mm -hmm. it up. That's the first thing. Like you can never like I'll give you an analogy of like if you have like everyone has crummy things in their life that they want to hide from right you don't want to address your shitty ex you don't want to address the death of your grandfather you don't want to address your boss that is a chauvinist or whatever so what you do is you like shove them under the bed you shove them under the bed and at some point the bed gets full and once that happens even though you've been like maybe you put like a nice little bed skirt on it which could be like your antidepressant or your alcohol or your Netflix and eventually though it doesn't matter there's going to be so much stuff under the bed it's going to spill out yeah so you could choose to try and cover it and anesthetize it for a long time or you could start to slowly unpack it and look at it and say you know what this really crummy thing happened to me but i have to believe that there is bigger cause out there in the universe and that i'm supposed to use this to teach someone i'm supposed to use this to inform the way i act and show up in the world and even if that is you were you know, God forbid, severely abused or something as a child. But what compassion, what understanding does that give you that the person next to you does not have? How can you use that really, really traumatic experience to inform how you show up in the world? Does it make it to where you are kind, more kind? Does it make it to where you're more generous? Does it make it to where you are more, um, you know, you're less judgmental of people because you've seen and experienced pain? It's all about like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to feel really bad because this happened to me. I'm just going to hold on to it and be bitter my entire life. Or I'm going to use it to my advantage and say like, this was a, a gift. It was kind of a gift covered in shit that was given to yeah. me, but I have to like scrape the shit off the top and see like, what was the lesson underneath of it that I have to trust that was meant for me in this lifetime. Yeah. And it's really interesting, especially in this time right now, if you're looking at 
how you handle your own thoughts, you have to be comfortable with the idea that it's going to be okay to be sad, yeah. right? And it's it's part of the grievance process. A lot of people, well, people will tend to think that it's not okay because you have to be happy all the time. That's what yeah. we see. And it's, I mean, I have a book that I read to my kids and I'm like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay yeah. to be happy. You want to yeah. stand on your head, stand on your head. Every time we come to that part, they, they say, oh, that's Baldo. Like it's Uncle Baldo standing on his head, because they see that, and it's weird. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, each one of the pictures, I mean, they're cartoons, but they'll have like a mismatched socks, like a sock, like this one's green, this one's blue. And I'm like, even as an adult, people would look at you weird, like, why are you wearing a blue sock and a red sock? Uh And they're like, I just want to. Right. I'm okay with that. You know, I find it very impressive when somebody's like, I'm okay with my with my faults. I, I know what to do with it. Right. Like I I can create, I can do this, it will pass. Like I'm so comfortable with it. I'll never forget there was this patient one time. He I walked in the room and he was having a panic attack. Like full on. Like you yeah. could just kinda tell like something's off. I'm like, Man, are you okay? I'm just having a panic attack. It'll be gone in about five minutes, I'll be good. Yeah. And he was calm, like just calm. Yeah. And I mean, here it is. It's funny because from a medical standpoint, I love how you brought that up. You look at all these diagnoses. Schizophrenia, chronic pain, like all these things. And I'm like, this is still a human. Right. Right. Regardless, they're a high functioning person. Right. This person is high functioning, not because they're a successful CEO, mm-hmm. but because they're so strong in their mindset. They're like, I know what it to do. Pass. This will pass. Yeah. I know how to handle this. Yep. Imagine life hits you right now. When we started with COVID, we were essential, right? So we've been open. Yeah. Imagine the mindset you said of a brick and mortar that has to stay open during what has to stay. It's allowed to stay open during the pandemic. And you say, how do you thrive in that situation? Yeah. When everything else seems like it's crashing and burning, what are you doing to rise up above this? Yeah. Yeah. And so I look and see, there's been countless of like Airbnb and Slack and Venmo were created in 2008 during the the market crash. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is being created right now in this time frame that's right. going to change the world and make it better? And and our goal right now is say, our goal is to get people healthier out of this. Yeah. How do you get someone healthier? And if it's a mindset, that's a whole nother level, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of times I look at it and say like, if you can get a mindset correct, then you address suicide. Mm-hmm. And right now you can't touch suicide, right? right? Like it, yeah. there's still nothing. And, and it's incredible because we're looking at all these other resources to get there. But imagine that if the president said from one o'clock to one fifteen every single day, mm-hmm. the, the nation's going to meditate together. Yeah. It would, it would be, have a tremendous effect because that collective energy all at one time would be so profound. Like, I mean, sorry for those of you who don't believe in like energetics and woo woo things, but the collective energy of the crowd doing that would be so profound that even people who didn't believe or know what they were doing exactly could essentially be affected. But I want to wrap back around to one more thing, one thing that you said about dealing with sadness and emotions. And, you know, I think that we've been taught, well, I know that we've been taught that there are certain emotions that are bad, icky emotions that you shouldn't be feeling, that you should like get, get rid of those as quickly as possible or not express them. And the thing that I've learned in sitting with myself and being with myself is that all emotions are sacred like your anger your pain your sadness your happiness like there's there's validity to all of them and we need to stop believing that we need to cover them up like we have you know even as children most of our parents like bless their hearts even though they have the best of intentions they didn't mean to like emotionally screw us up but most of them didn't know how to process and regulate emotions so thereby they taught us poor ways for doing that so you know if we had parents who were like 
you know, Balda, you feel sad. Like, tell me about sadness. Where is sadness in your body? Like, tell me, like, where is it showing up and how does it feel? Let's feel that sadness. Mm -hmm. But instead, so many times our moms and dads are like, oh, you're a big boy. Like, don't cry. Like, sadness isn't okay. Suck it up. Or, oh my gosh, you're sad. Let me take it from you. Like, let me take that on for you. Or you deserve to feel, you know, um, that's really awful. And they like lean into your sadness. So they feed it, but then they also try to like take it off your back yeah. right or it's like, like you're sad here's a I'm, popsicle i'm here for you but then the moment you're not then it's like what, what yeah then what do you do, do? yeah if yeah. they try to take it on for you and then all of a sudden you don't have mom what do you do you number one feel ashamed that you have sadness you don't know how to process it and you turn to something outside of yourself because you've never been given an emotional regulation tool like i get it we we most of us do not have that and it's intimidating to go back and relearn it it's just like you know when you're a kid, if you learn to swim when you're a toddler, you're fearless. It's just innate. Like it comes to you. But now let's imagine we're all like in our thirties, forties, whatever. And you now have to, you've never swam before. And now you have to learn to swim and you know that there's a risk of drowning that you didn't know. And you would not have known about when you were a three-year-old and you just got in there and paddled. Like, yeah, it seems scary, but you can still learn to swim. And that's what I think you know, mindset and managing your emotions. It's a perfect analogy for it. Like, yes, you have a deficit because you didn't learn it when you were young and fearless and you could have, so it could have been a built-in skill, but you also have neuroplasticity. So you can go back and learn those things, even though it seems like a little bit of a burden. And I, like, I just, I can't encourage people enough to, to take control of that and to realize your emotions are sacred. All of your emotions are valid. You can learn to control them. There are tools and techniques and different things that can allow you to elevate yourself to a higher frequency to where yes you're angry but anger doesn't have to rule your life anger doesn't have to throw you like completely for a loop for the rest of your day you can yeah. get yourself back on track yeah. or any emotion for that yeah, yeah. For sure yeah yeah there's a um for if you do have some spare time there's a youtube video there's a basketball coach from the 80s that died of cancer in the 90s his name was jimmy b and ESPN created the ESPYs years ago, and they created the Jimmy V Foundation mm -hmm. to basically help raise money for cancer research. Yeah. And the year before he died, he went up there, and I guess it was the first year of the award, and they announced it, you know, say, hey, you're the first recipient, obviously, come talk about it, or whatever it was. And so he went up there, and he know he's dying. Like, he yeah. knows he's dying. Yeah. And to hear, and for anyone who wants to be emotional, like watch this video, because if you are not tearing up after there's something wrong with you, right? Mm -hmm. The idea is that he was towards the end and the teleprompter's running and the guy's like, hey, cut it off. You're talking. He's like, dude, I know that you're telling me I'm about to be cut off, but I don't care. Like he's yeah. like, I don't care. I'm about to die in six months. I don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. That fear was gone. Right. And he looks into the camera. He goes, I'm going to tell you this right now. He goes, that fear is gone for me. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And I'll tell you this right now. When it comes to emotions, he goes, there's days that I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. There's days I'm crying. And that if it's the same day that that happens, that's a full day. Right. To me, he was to live every day like it's an emotional roller coaster because at some point you're going to realize it makes you better in the long run and own up to it and 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 really just value that you are allowed to even feel those emotions because I'm going to die in six months and yep. I would give anything to feel sadness in eight months. Yeah. Right. Yep. And it was just incredible because after that you're like all my problems aren't as significant anymore, right? Right. And and I think it's kind of weird because right now the collective is we're all hurting yeah right this world is in pain right now there's it's uncertainty but just know that fear is developed in your head mm -hmm. and it's a mindset mm -hmm. and if you choose to live your life without fear you basically remove the shackles from anything that's holding you back in life use a tool to basically get to that that 
way. And it could be meditation, it could be prayer, it could be reaching out to a friend, it'd be hiring a coach, right? And I can tell you right now, if I didn't have my support system, there's no way I could do this. I, no one's self-made. Right. Right. Yeah, you have to have people to boost you up for sure. Yeah. So uh, I know we're out of time. Yeah. Right. So this was a great one. Yeah. And uh, I know there's probably other stuff we wanted to get there's, into. We could do so a part yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely can. So, um, well, for the listeners, yeah. how do they find you? Um, I am at Authentically Amanda on Instagram. That's mostly where I hang out or on my website, um, AuthenticallyAmanda.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so All much. Right, thank Amanda. you guys. It's fun. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.